0: Welcome Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, John Burgoff here, and I'm standing just inches, I mean, very, very close to Mike McCarthy. Do you want to say hi, Mike? Hi, Mike. Yeah, we're here at Mike's house in Silverthorne, Colorado. This was a unique opportunity where our families are hanging out for a week out here, and I said, Mike, let's record this together, standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder. So here we are. It's going to be great. If you're listening to the podcast episode, this could end abruptly because our kids, we've got a Eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old. There's probably some others, too. I know there's a three-year-old that are right behind those doors right there. They're multiplying, actually. (laughs) There could be more kids there now than we started. (laughs) Um, So we're going to have a conversation about grabbing life big and some of the lessons to share with all of you. And we'll we'll get to what that means in a little bit here. But uh, first, this might be the coolest spot that I have ever stood while recording a podcast episode. What mountains are we looking at? Where are we right here? We're in the
1: uh, Rocky Mountains here, uh, Summit County, uh, Colorado, uh, Silverthorn, and uh, we're right at the edge of the Eagle's Nest wilderness
0: area. Yeah, this is sweet. This is really, really cool. I might get distracted by these mountains if we're supposed to talk about something. I might just start talking about the trees or the wind. We should tell people it was howling a minute ago. There was actually a chair on the deck flying across the deck but we're gonna be okay so mike why don't we do this let's share with everybody the story of when we first met i was introduced to you through a mutual friend david osborne and
2: when does that go back to I don't remember
0: so that would have been november december
1: of 2015 yeah yeah, and uh david you and Hal all went to a ufc fight and met that's right so that's right. and then uh david osborne suggested that I speak with you regarding leading masterminds and facilitating and the work that you do with appreciative inquiry. So that's where our conversation started. And then, of course, uh, Tim Rode and Maddie A came back from the best year ever. That's right. Blueprint that year and said, You got to meet this guy, John Berghoff.
0: He can mastermind with the best of them. So, yeah, we met a few years ago through Dave. I remember that UFC trip too. Hal was introducing me. I think that was when he introduced me to UFC fighting, which some of his fans and some of the listeners to this podcast have come to realize as soon as we talk about the UFC, they immediately are fascinated that Hal is interested in the UFC, which that's a whole other story for another time. But I remember meeting David there. I think playing golf with him and his wife, Tracy, was more enjoyable for me than watching a bunch of guys beat each other up. (laughs) But uh, so you and I met. We were talking about Go Abundance when we first connected. I'd love to have you introduce to everybody a little bit about what Go GoBundance is because this is a tribe, a community, a mastermind group of men that David and a few of his buddies started years ago that you are now a leader of this group. And I'd love for everyone to hear a little bit about it because there's been some really cool things that I've learned from you and that tribe that I think we could all benefit from when we think about achieving our goals. Yeah.
1: Well, it was actually about a year ago that we were uh just an hour from here in Steamboat for the first time that we brought you into an event.
0: Uh, so it's funny that it's a year a year later. You're right. I just got the Facebook reminder. Yeah, like yeah. today. Mm-hmm. It may have been today or yesterday. Yeah. I think I got the Facebook reminder at pictures of that event. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, anyways, uh Go Abundance
1: is uh a great organization that was really It's really more of an organism. It's a a living, breathing entity that uh, was born out of necessity and has uh, been something that we've nurtured and and spent a lot of time uh, working on over the last couple of years. And it started with just three guys, Tim Rode, David Osborne, and Pat Hyven. And they were mastermind buddies, and they would get together and hold each other accountable and set goals and uh, go on trips together. And uh over time, they started inviting a couple of guys here and there to join them on those trips and uh, I was I guess the the fourth amigo uh, to sort of join that group and And when I started hanging with them, they were not really my peers; they were more of my mentors mm-hmm. and we didn't know what we were building other than we were building each other.
2: Mm-hmm. We were building
1: each That's other true. in a in a way that was meaningful because when they got together, it wasn't just. Uh, feel good stuff. It was real raw things that they were either struggling with, not stepping up to the plate on, or that we needed real help help on. So we would really get down to business and talk about real stuff. Uh, But we would do it after having shared a a really cool outdoor adventure. So we would get into nature, do something challenging, and we found that in the evenings, our discussions would really open up because of that. And that's how Go GoBundance was born. And, you know, fast forward to today, and we're now 150 members. Um, and we uh, we have eight to 10 events every year. And we have one main event, which we've brought you in to facilitate uh, our winter retreat last year in Whistler, which was epic. And then this year, we're going to be in, in Steamboat, which is neat because we had our first ever event where we called it Go Abundance in Steamboat. It'll be five years ago. Nice. Uh, so that'll be sort of the five year anniversary of, of Go Abundance. So it's a great group and it's just uh, focused around six pillars uh, that we work on. Uh, and it's, it's not just about having business success or success in making money, it's about being a great human being. So we work on age defying health taking care of yourself, genuine contribution, taking care of your, your community, authentic relationships, showing up for and taking care of your family and friends, those that are closest to you, um, bucket list adventures. So going out, having fun, uh, and then holding each other accountable. We say extreme account- uh, extreme accountability. Uh, and then the last one, if I can remember, <laughs> we said this line
2: after,
1: is... Uh, passive income building horizontal income stream that That was so impressive yeah
0: just if you're not watching the live stream because we stream these as we record these so just about 10 feet away one of our daughters is shaking the door that we've had to create a lock on it didn't have a lock and it just barely kept them out yeah Um, it worked it worked (laughs) that was really great so so mike a couple things you shared that i just want to react to because this is really great so first of all i'll never forget the first Go Abundance meeting that I got to be at, which was for your champions division in Steamboat Springs at David Osborne's home last year. And there were 25 guys who came together to support each other and also to create visions and new ideas for the future of Go Abundance. And I remember the first thought I had when I asked you, how do you guys like to run your meetings? And you explained it to me that, well, we play all day, we mountain bike, Frisbee, golf, whatever it is. And then we meet in the evenings. I just remember thinking, you guys have it all figured out. This is like the coolest meeting you could ever attend or design. So that has been actually really cool just to see the way you as a community have decided to design how you come together to really fit how you want to be throughout the day or with each other or how you want to use your energy. And then the other thing that I remember from that first meeting, aside from this is awesome, was the quality of what you guys call the tribe or the community and some things that jumped out that were really inspiring. And if you lead a group or a community, I think there's something we could learn from this. But I also think there's a lot of lessons for us who are thinking about our own goals. And one of them was when we asked the group and we've done this exercise at least twice now, you know, what do they value most about GoBundance as it is today and when it's at its best One of the things that universally your community loves is the authenticity, the accountability, and the sense of brotherhood. Like they can name, these are the things we love about this community. And what's really cool is you mentioned earlier, Pat, Tim, and David, these guys who are like the three amigos, the founders. For any of you who are listening, if you've ever met Pat Hyman, Tim Rode, or David Osborne, if you've ever met them, what's really cool is who they are as men and as human beings, it's embedded in what GoBundance has become. Like it's reflected their values through this incredible community. And I think one of the reasons why I feel like you guys have been really successful is because you could stand here and say, here's what we value, here's our pillars. And I think that's just a cool lesson for any of us that lead families, communities, organizations, teams, or even just ourselves to know what are my pillars, what matters most. And because you guys care, you're clear on that. You guys know what you're measuring, you know what you're talking about. And that's just such a big lesson, a reminder for us to know in our lives as individuals, what are our pillars? What are those things that
2: matter? So
1: I Yeah, and what's cool is that you, know, you can trace each of the pillars back to one of the elders' strengths or one of the three amigos' strengths. So they each brought in some way a piece of it that they taught to the other one. So that's just really what a mastermind is all about is that you get to pick up the strengths, and the pillars, the values of these other, other people, but you're, it's done in an accelerated way because you get to, to go from a level of
0: closeness or proximity to mastery. That's awesome. It's really cool. Let's talk about maybe some of your, in your life, some of your big lessons or big wins or what you've been most proud of, just as a way of people getting to know you and some of the things you've learned about achieving goals. What jumps out for you either personally or professionally when you think about where everything has gone, what you've learned or what you're proud of? I mean, right away, the the
1: easy answer, because this is so true, is that I'm most proud of my family and of my wife and my beautiful children and the life that we've created. Uh, In a lot of ways, though, I don't really see that as a goal that I set in it and then went out and achieved. It's something that came through who i be who I became as a person, and mm-hmm. so there was a lot of work, a lot of effort, but i can 't really take any credit for creating those things, like my wife married me when I was overweight and at my worst, and bless her for doing that nice and um, and she was really betting on who I would become <laughs> and she she in, in, a, in a lot of ways held the space and, and the love for me to become that person. So, and then to have two beautiful children who, you know, God and, and all these miracles that have been created for that to happen. Those are what I'm most proud of, you know, from a, from a more linear way of just setting goals and going out and achieving the things that I needed to do for me on a professional level. I think I'm really proud of the goals that, I've sat and reached as a member of the Keller Williams organization. And so I started in that organization with a great mentor and teacher uh, in my father, Rich McCarthy. And I was blessed to be in at the ground floor of Keller Williams when there was maybe 500 agents. Wow. And now there's over 150,000. But then my father was one of uh, the very, very first highly respected pioneers outside of, the state of Texas and Oklahoma where it started. So we got to start with Keller Williams in Colorado and then I've been able to uh, succeed my father, have him retire and continue to make great money and really honor his legacy by by reaching a whole lot of goals within Keller Williams which started as becoming one of the, the youngest regional directors Uh, one of the youngest regional owners, being uh, able to coach many of the regional directors through the Keller Williams Growth Initiative, which is a company-wide initiative where we've doubled the size of our company in five years. And I got to play a big role in that. And we've met, we've set, met, and and exceeded many of the goals uh, as a region. So I'm the regional owner of the greater Pennsylvania region. And all of Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, and Delaware. We've got over forty-three offices and around seventy-five, seventy-six hundred agents, wow. and counting. Wow. And so that the goals that it took to get that region to where it is, and to get the team in place. I've got an amazing team: uh, Michelle, Jim, John, uh, and Cecil, that are just really incredible people. So that's what I'm most proud of on a professional uh, level. But it's also in a deeper level because I've honored the blessings and the legacy that my father started. So that to me, I'm most proud of because I get to see how he's proud of me now and it feels really
0: good. So that's awesome. Some of
1: the best ones.
0: That's super cool, man. You know, I love hearing you talk about your family for our listeners here. One of the things that Mike, you've inspired Another community of ours, the Front Row community, we just held our second annual Front Row Summit where people come together. We came together in the national park. We were together with our families there last week. How cool that we were from one national park to now here in the middle of the
2: mountains. It's kind of cool. We're probably going to get really sick of each other in another day or so. (laughs) Any second here, any second. That's right. How are our kids not sick of each other? Maybe they are.
0: But uh, (laughs) what's really cool is that summit that we just held last week, I've shared with many people that the idea of having families come together to design the future of what we call a front row life, you know that's a radical idea. A lot of us for a long time have gone to professional conferences to figure out how to grow our businesses or to network. But the idea of bringing the family, that's not the norm. And you guys inspired that because part of what you do at GoBundance is at different times in the year, you have people bring their families together so that they can bring their kids on the same journey of growth. And I love that. And I just hope that anyone who hears us talking about this, if they're still actually listening, that they ask questions like what matters most and how do I not allow societal limitations to stop me from actually living out my values? Because for me, it was so easy until I met you to say, well, I work here and my family is here and blending them together is too complicated. And that's just a reason not to do it. And When I saw you guys come up with reasons why you could bring your family together while also creating as entrepreneurs, I thought that's the coolest thing. And it's fun to even say this because we're expressing that right now. Our kids are a few feet away. We'll go play with them in a few minutes. And so I hope this inspires people to think about, hey, what do I really value? And how do I not say to myself, hey, it's an either or, but instead it could be a both and. How could I experience this value in my life and do what you know is important in my business and otherwise. When you think, Mike, about like lessons learned, lessons learned professionally as it relates to achieving goals, any way you want to approach it. I know you've got a spirit coach. I'd love to hear about that and what role that has played in helping you in your life, or if there's anything else. Yeah, well, I'd love to talk about the family thing just for a few minutes
1: because mm-hmm. for this community and um, they may or may not know that my wife Lindsay and I also co-authored uh, the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, and so you know one thing that my wife and I have been really committed to is is making sure that our goals of for our lives didn't stop just because we had children, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that's why we ended up creating events where we could mastermind with our wives and our children and with families together because. We simply just didn't want to do it without them. Like it wasn't worth it. And I think, you know, one thing we can all do is to approach our life not as just what we're doing for ourselves, but, you know, who who can you teach? (laughs) Who can you teach once you've learned something? And for me, the greatest thing I can do is is to learn something in such a way that I can then teach it to my children. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be in a space where we were teaching our kids everything we're doing. That's why we created the Charms in a a format for kids to follow to do the Miracle Morning. Charms is an alternative to savers. Tell us real quickly what Charms is. So it's creativity, health, affirmations, reading, uh, meditation, and service. And so most of those are pretty self-explanatory. The health is, instead of exercise, we get them to eat something healthy awesome. or just eat in general some mornings. So <laughs> creativity is just having them do something active and creative. But the, the most unique aspect is the service mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. So having them do something for someone else every morning. Awesome. But, but that is all designed from my wife and I doing Miracle Morning, but getting interrupted by our kids. Yeah, and then as parents saying, hey, how can we just include them in what we're doing? So same thing with Fambundance, which is the events we do for our Abundance families. It was a matter of how can we go on this amazing adventure and mastermind and get what we need, but also how can we do that and not have our families miss out on the growth
0: and the inspiration and the connections that we're making that's awesome. If you hear us laughing at ourselves, we don't know if you can hear it in the background, but our kids are... Um, CON 5. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening just outside of this office that we're in, which could bring this to a halt, although we shouldn't. No, it's good news if
1: they like what we're talking about, because we yeah. should keep this going until everything is calmed down out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unless the storm makes its way in.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh my
0: gosh. I love that. I love that. And I love the idea too of uh I think I heard you say this, or if you didn't, somebody said it. So why don't I just credit you at our front row summit? Always do that. Yeah. Uh somebody made the comment, they said, you know, I don't want to leave a better world for my children. They said I want to leave better children for the world. Oh man. Yeah. I did you it. should take credit <laughs> for that. No, that's too smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I love is that, is that uh, you know, I'm here with your family and I see your kids and they're kids just like every other kid and they're totally plugged into this morning routine, right? Because I remember thinking, oh, my oldest is not going to be into this, but it's super cool to see how it's rubbed off on you. This is like a charms boot camp for the Berghoff family. Yeah, it is, it is. I'm doing <laughs> my charms now in the morning. Mike, tell us about the role of a spirit coach in your life. Because I've heard you share some of the lessons that this has brought for you. And I think this could be really cool for some of our Achieve Your Goals listeners to hear about.
1: Yeah, well, I'm really blessed and fortunate to have really been introduced to uh, morning practice before I knew about the Miracle Morning through my spirit coach, uh, a great woman by the name of Janai Lane, who's an excellent facilitator and thought leader. Uh, she wrote a book name uh, that's called uh, Spirit-Led Instead. And it has an accompanying workbook, which uh, didn't exist when I started coaching with her. She took me through many um, uh, hour-long sessions over the phone. But the, the, to make the long story sort of short, it's that I was in a bad place in my life. And I was not very happy and fulfilled despite having some external success as a, as a young entrepreneur. And uh, I realized that I was lacking some fulfillment. And Janai agreed to coach me. And she uses some really woo-woo type, especially in the beginning for me, that were so, really challenging. Like what it's kinds it's of things? Like just painting? Like lots of meditation, lots of visualization, and lots of like testing and, and working with your intuition, like trying to make decisions based on your gut, in overriding kind of mentally what you might be thinking you should do. Um, And also her giving me every two weeks kind of a reading, which wasn't like a psychic reading. It was more of a reading about energetically how she thought I was progressing as a spirit, not just as a human. And so she would give me these insightful paragraphs that would in many ways sum up what I was experiencing. And we would have these discussions, but, here's what she really helped me to do is she helped me to chip away at all of these false personas and identities of who I thought I was or needed to be. Mm. So I might've been a regional director for Keller Williams, but that title is not all of me. In fact, it's just a very small portion of me or not me at all because Janai's whole premise is that we're all infinite spirit with infinite potential and that we we're here to work on just bringing that potential into the world. And when we do, it's just, it's a talent, a gift, a skill, something that we do. That when we bring it into the world, it makes the world a better place. We're adding our value, and that's what really creates true, lasting fulfillment. Is when you're you're able to actually bring forth whatever your God given talents are, and we all have them, and they're usually around a passion that we have. So Janai taught me to. Identify with who I am at a deeper level by shedding all of these other layers of who I thought I was being a husband, a father, a businessman, a son. Those are all limited factors of my overall identity. So it was discovering who I was at my core without all of those societal things. Like you said, being willing to not do what society says and bring our kids into an event. Yeah. It's doing that with yourself every single day of not bringing in all of this baggage into who you need to be and what you should be doing. But what are you really inspired to do? And who is God or a higher power calling you here
0: to become? And what are you here to deliver to the world? Mm, wow. That's awesome, man. I just wrote that down as you can see, because we're standing shoulder to shoulder. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can see, I wrote down the phrase infinite spirit, with infinite potential. That's inspiring right there. I like that. Gosh, that's so cool. Is there anything else you can share with us that you've learned about inviting those strengths or tapping into that place or that source where who we're being is more authentic or who we are? And I even love what you just shared with us just to magnify it, which is you turned it into a question at the end there. You even said, you know, asking ourselves, what are our highest strengths or what is our highest calling or what is the world calling for us to contribute? So I love that, man. I love that. Any other thoughts on
2: that in general?
1: You know, I would just say, um, practice in small ways to try new ways of being. Mm. So, you know, we're all so habitual but we never know what might happen if we take a different route home one day from work or if we take a different route on a run in the morning Mm -hmm. or if we decide to go to a different restaurant, because what I've noticed is that I'm a creature of habit because it creates a level of comfort. Yeah. And in many ways that comfort is what's keeping me from living the life that I'm meant to live. So I think we have to be willing to always challenge the decisions that we're making, especially if we're repeatedly making that same decision. Mm. I think that's what the, the methodology of being spirit-led is. How can I access a deeper inner wisdom? And a couple of real easy things someone could do to do that would be, number one would be um, something my wife and I do is... If you're married, then I'm sure this has happened to you before, but maybe you can't fully agree on two options. Mm. So here you are, you're not sure, should we go to, um, should we go out to dinner or should we stay home? Yeah. And a really interesting thing to do is for each person to hold in their mind, okay, we're going to make the decision that is in our best interest, that has the highest energy. And so what I'll do, one of us, Lindsay or, or I, will hold the two decisions that are there and without telling the other one, assign A to one decision and B to another. Yeah. And then without, without saying which is which, ask, okay, I'm holding these two decisions. Lindsay, which one do you, do you prefer? C is our highest experience, A or B? Yeah. And then Lindsay will say A, and I'll say, great, A was we should go out to dinner tonight. And we'll just trust it. We'll just trust that the universe... It's like the magic eight ball. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) So, and what we've experienced is that when you give up, surrender the decision to sort of a higher power, to a deeper wisdom, things tend to line up better. You walk into that more confident that it's the right thing Mm -hmm. to do. But that's just an example of like overriding what you typically do yeah. In order to find a new way to make a new decision that's based on something totally different than your, your mind saying,
0: we should go out to eat at the exact same place. Dude, that's deep. And that makes me think of all the things where I put energy into what we do. As you describe that, I'm thinking, how many things do I put energy into that it just doesn't matter, right? Hand it over. To surrender. Surrender. I love that. I love that. That's awesome, man. As we're standing here, we're looking at these beautiful mountains. So, anything else we want to share with everybody before we uh, we part ways and we go see what kind of havoc our
2: kids have wreaked on your home here?
0: I mean, I'm really excited about um,
1: the way that we're we're sharing between all of our communities. I think that that's yeah. really unique. So, you know, I know David's going to Osborne will be
0: speaking at your best year ever. Yeah, we event. should mention that. That. The Best Year Ever event coming up November 17, 18, 19. Many of you are joining us in San Diego at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. It's beautiful. It's all the reason you need to join us. But if you haven't been to the Best Year Ever event, it's two to three days of experiential learning where you set yourself up to be and do and have what you want looking into the next year. Yeah, David, I don't know if we've decided yet but he's either going to be there on the entrepreneur day, which is on Friday. People can opt for that additional third day or he'll be there over the weekend. Do you want to give some promotion for David? Get people excited to learn from him if they haven't heard us talk about
1: this yet. Yeah. Well, I would check out the book Wealth Can't Wait, uh, which David just released in the past couple of months here. But uh, David has been a business uh, and passive income mentor of mine for many years. David followed a similar path of His mom was a pioneer in in Keller Williams early on. So he's always been somebody who was a mentor for me and now a close friend. But uh, David is one of the most successful human beings I know. And there's many ways you could gauge that. And how I gauge it is on quality of life and how happy he is. So Mm. we could talk all day long about how much money he's made and his net worth and, and what value he brings as a business leader. But he just lives an amazing life where he's really excited about his life all the time. And he's really generous and gives back a lot. And I think he really is the epitome of a new leader, a new way of leading. And uh, so he's inspiring in in many ways on how to leverage a business, how to scale a business, and then how to then go live an extraordinary life. Uh, So David, I can't say enough about his contribution
0: and the work that he's done to help my life I just realized we released a podcast episode with him like a month ago. So people could <laughs> like, we could go look it up. Yeah, know. They could go look it up. Yeah, that's awesome. He's going to be a huge hit at the Best You Ever event. Well, Mike, this is great. We're looking out across this valley here at these huge mountains. And it's been awesome being here, man. I've been going out in the morning on the trails or walking in the woods, picking the flowers. I find myself picking and smelling the flowers. Red Rocks. Red Rocks. We went to Red Rocks last night. Should we talk about that? Sure. And here we are. (laughs)
2: Should I tell the story? You're welcome
1: to tell the story. So this is great because this, in many ways, just represents who you are on so many levels. And and I was really impressed because uh, Mara and John uh, decided, hey, we should just show up at Red Rocks with no tickets and we'll make a game out of seeing who can score the tickets. And for me, that sounded like a horrible idea. (laughs) And, uh, but again, I overrode my mind saying, let's just buy the tickets. Yeah. And uh, we went for the experience. And so we get out of the car and John just goes off. But, but what I noticed is that you probably enjoy trying to find the tickets more than you did the concert, or there's a real close like That's it's a close call, yeah, yeah. And uh, you had all the scripts and you found your position, and you were literally like making everybody's day as they walked by, asking them if they had extra tickets. And yeah. uh, once we got this, is the greatest part of the story is that we only needed four tickets, and once we got our four tickets. John just wanted to keep asking people for tickets and try to get more tickets even though we had enough tickets upgrade but you were just so committed to being there and asking people and seeing what would happen it's so obvious why you've been successful in sales and in your
0: life is cuz you yeah. just approached it in a way that nobody else would approach it that way yeah i had a uh, i don't know if i'd use the word mentor but i had a friend who, when I was younger, he taught me how to do this at Giants baseball games. (laughs) And so we, yeah, we put together this whole strategy where you learn where to stand, you learn how to ask. And uh, we got to the point where we knew we could show up to, we felt like we could show up to any game and get in either at a very low cost or no cost or at a profit because you get enough tickets from people. And that should be a whole other episode how to go to an event without tickets and get in at a profit. Right? Yeah.
2: People would listen to that.
0: And, and if you could add to that and still enjoy the tailgate. Okay? Yeah, exactly.
2: And
1: you'd
0: have the whole system mastered. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, part of the strategy is you find where the masses of people are walking by and there's a bunch of little things that go into it. But when asking people for a ticket, you know, that's a fascinating experience. Yeah. And when I was first introduced to this, I was in sales So I was immediately introduced to this as it's a masterclass in rejection. (laughs) Because if you stand there and you ask hundreds or thousands of people as they walk by for one extra ticket, 99.9 of them have to tell you no. Sometimes they say, I'm sorry. Or sometimes you see they stop and ask their spouse, wait, do you have the tickets? All these funny (laughs) things happen when you stand and ask people for one extra ticket. And you have to overcome the ego of being somebody who's asking for something from somebody that you don't know and knowing that you're probably going to get rejected. And so what happens is I just get into this zone where I turn it into a game where it's about not just asking for something, but um, can I do it in a way that makes it fun and playful for myself and for them? Because as soon as I can do that, I can tolerate doing it for minutes or hours. Yeah. And if you're wondering how you get the tickets, eventually you run into people who have an extra you ticket. You ask
2: enough people. You ask
0: enough people. It's always a numbers game. Although we did have one couple who they had walked past us and then we noticed they turned around and went back and they said, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. And they went and they got a ticket out of their car and you had a hypothesis as to why they came back. Well, I
1: think that you made their day they were walking up and what you kept doing is saying, hey, does anybody have an extra ticket? Or anyone just one ticket and then you'd they'd say no and you'd go, I can't believe that you didn't bring an extra ticket for me. Yeah. Or you yeah. would say, anybody having second thoughts on the concert? Or yeah, you just yeah. had a whole bunch of different ways to make it light. And I think that's a great sales lesson. Is yeah. If you take it too seriously, then the pressure is on you to to make it happen, but, but, but I think you made their day and you made them laugh, and they were just going to leave. The, they probably thought, nobody will want to buy this. No one needs a ticket, and then you made them laugh and made their day, so they decided to turn around, go and back and get
0: the ticket, and then they came and they, they gave it to you for free. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you thank them generously for that.
2: Yeah, so that was our Red Rock story.
0: Oh, and there was a concert, too, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was a great it was
1: great. <laughs> Tons of fun. Oh, man. All right, man. I think it's worth noting that I'm normally better, more
0: clean-shaven. Yeah. But I've been in the mountains for the last two months, so... It is worth noting. And your hat just reminded me to go check out goabundance.com. It's spelled just like it sounds. It'll be in the show notes. And if it's the right community or seems like an interesting possibility for anyone who's listening, come join us in steamboat in January.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it'll be the, uh, it starts the Tuesday right after Martin Luther King Day. And preceding that is an event for families, uh, our Fambundance group, two or three days of families. And then we do our, our entrepreneur event for uh, three days, which John is going to be our uh, designer and facilitator for. And it's, uh, it's really awesome. So if you're a high level entrepreneur and you're looking for, uh, a like-minded peer group
0: to to surround yourself with, uh, this would probably be it. And if you cannot wait to see Mike or to hang out with myself and Hal, you can, of course, join us at the Best year Ever Blueprint event, November 17, 18, 19, which uh, will be a blast. In fact, Mike, you spoke at the event last year. So thank you for that contribution. Yeah. And uh, we'll see many of you then. Yeah, well, thank you to Hal, too, for...
1: Uh, if he wasn't a member of Go Abundance That's and true. a believer became, in
0: it, he's the one that actually connected us. Yeah, he That's connected
1: right. David and, and everybody. So you know, kudos to Hal. He's always making the connections. Though, yeah, so. yeah, he is. He is.
0: Well, thanks everybody, tuning out, signing out. Another episode of Achieve Your Goals podcast. Mike, thanks for having us, buddy. My pleasure. We'll, uh, we'll talk to all of you next week. Take care.